Hello everyone, welcome to Screen Screen. I'm Viola. In today's episode, we're going to talk about classic movies, but they don't need to be an old movie. New movies can be classic as well, and maybe some of you already know what I'm talking about. Let's listen to the introduction of the first new movie we're going to talk about today first. Blue is the warmest color. On the verge of adulthood, the wide-eyed and reserved 15-year-old schoolgirl Adele can only imagine the delicate touch, the odd yet lingeringly fervid feeling of desire, and the vehement outburst of emotion of her first teenage love. Increasingly indifferent to her male classmates after a fumbled sexual experience, instead. Adele finds herself infatuated with the alluring and intriguingly mysterious blue-haired woman she encounters in the street. Inevitably, the bohemian stranger Emma creeps up in Adele's dreams, haunting her deep and untamed late-night fantasies. However, before long, their youthful friendship will yield to an arduous yet ardent romance. Undoubtedly, growing up can be hard, and just like life, love can hurt. Is blue indeed the warmest color? Wow, the first new movie we're going to talk about today is a French classic re-release. Blue is the warmest color. The movie was released in 2013, and the performance of Adele and Leia in the film earned the Best Director and two Leading Actresses at the Cannes Film Festival. It was unprecedented. Actually, the movie was adapted from a short comic. And if you look at the original title in French, it actually only talks about Adele's life, chapter one and two. But I personally prefer the translation in English and Mandarin, which is "Blue is the warmest color." It's something that they don't want you to see at the first sight, but once you see the character Emma comes out on the big screen, you know what it's talking about. You would say, "Oh, her hair color is blue. So is this blue the warmest color?" The director used a lot of close-ups to represent the emotions and inner worlds of lesbians. When it comes to LGBTQ plus films, actually there are more gay films than lesbian films. Not to mention transgender films. So it's really precious that we had blue is the warmest color ten years ago. Before we go see this movie, we might imagine that oh, it's going to be a very sweet teenage love film. But after listening to the introduction, you understand that the two protagonists will face problems because of their background growing up, their social status. Their interests. These are very realistic differences in the perfect world between these two protagonists. The most controversial part in this movie is the sexual scene between the two protagonists. It's ten minutes long, but not only the director thinks that it's really beautiful. Even director An Li said that it's going to win. Awards at 
Cannes Film Festival after he watched the film. So if you like LGBTQ plus films or you just like French films, I recommend you to watch Blue is the Warmest Color this weekend. Now let's check out what's the second new movie we're going to talk about today. Top Gun, Maverick. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? Everyone here is the best there is. Of course, we're going to talk about Top Gun Maverick this week. I went to watch the movie the day it was out, so it was three days ago, and I really love it. It's on my top list right now. I gave it 9.2, and I don't think I'm going to decrease it. Well, not in near future. So let's talk about it. For the producer, Jerry Bruckheimer and Tom Cruise. They think that if you want to make a sequel out of Top Gun, you need to make the best out of it. And that's the reason why they spend almost 40 years to finally launch its sequel. After all, Maverick is one of the most important, most classic representative characters in Tom Cruise's career. So he wanted to make sure the story, the background stories of the characters and the script were all super good that he was willing to take it. And you know, technology-wise, after so many years, no matter the CGI, the graphic technology, or the story structure, even the visual effect or characters building, the crew's able to continue the spirit and core from the first episode and make it even better. And something I want to mention is that Top Gun Maverick really succeeded in handing over to the next generation. I mean, this is perfect, so I don't think they can make it even better. But if they really want to make episode 3 or 4 for Top Gun, even without Tom Cruise in it, they are able to continue because they have the next generation and they're very good actors. But the real reason that Tom Cruise said yes to the sequel was the core emotions of the characters and the plot. According to the director, the original script didn't include the plot between Maverick and Goose son. Rooster. So he thought that the story was too weak. Thankfully, they added it back to the script. And also, Sony and the crew developed a set of camera that's similar to IMAX class. It's only 5 centimeters, so they can carry at least 10 on the fighter jet, 6 inside the jet pod and four outside. So the overall quality of shooting increased a lot. And you know Tom Cruise, he loves to shoot everything in action. And that's one of the reasons why Top Gun Maverick is so good. It's time for us to move on to Top 007. 
and I'm really looking forward to discussing Top Gun Maverick with you when it's on the chart next week. And now let's review what we had from last week first. Top three, the bad guys. There were two top twos, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Fantastic Beasts: The Secrets of Dumbledore. Top one was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Let's listen to what we have from top seven to top four this week. Top six, Firestarter. Something feels weird. Head Bullet. Top 5, oh Lord, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. What's happening? <laughs> okay, quick version. The Roundup. Top 4, The Bad Guys. We're the bad guys. It's crime time, baby. Shark. We need a distraction. Well, it's a little bit crowded from top 7 to top 4, and we have many new friends on the chart this week. But something I don't understand is that why there are so many horror movies recently. I mean, the Lunar Ghost Month hasn't been here yet, and Halloween is still far away. Then why do publishers keep publishing horror movies? I just don't get it. But let's just talk a little bit of each film. There are two top six this week, and both of them are horror movies. First of all, Firestarter. It's a movie based on Stephen King's novel, so you can imagine that the story is very scary. But unfortunately, the movie doesn't seem so well, and there's no launching schedule in Taiwan yet. So if you're in North America, and you like horror movies, or you like Stephen King, you can go watch Firestarter, but I'm not guarantee you that it's a good movie. The second one, Oxhead Village, is a, I'm not sure if it's a ghost film, but it's a horror. It's a horror from Japan. Oh, another country that's famous for scary movies. What I don't understand about this movie is that the plot is the protagonist saw a video online. And in the video, it's herself sitting in a very weird village with a mask of Oxhead on her face. She feels very scared, that's understandable. I'm pretty sure everyone would have the similar feeling. But I would say normal people would probably call the police and provide a video saying, this is not me, I don't know why I'm in the video. And maybe the police will go investigate. I think that's what normal people would do. But in the movie Oxhead Village, the protagonist goes to the village herself trying to find out what happened. Wait, what? Well, I understand that's how protagonists in horror movies or ghost movies got themselves in troubles, but I just don't get it. But if you're a horror movie fan, there are many choices for you this weekend. And now let's move on to top three to top one. Top 3. Fantastic Beasts. The Secrets of Dumbledore. We're here to see Albus Dumbledore. That would be my brother. Top 2. Everything Everywhere All at Once. What's happening? Evelyn, I'm not your husband. Top 1. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I sacrificed everything. 
behind it, but nothing. Okay, nothing new from top three to top one. So I'd like to talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness once again. Last week I criticized it, so today I want to talk about the parts that I actually like. First of all, I found something that's similar to Moon Knight, the latest Disney Plus series. Oh, actually, there's going to be some Moonlight spoilers. Not so important ones, but if you haven't seen Moonlight or you don't like spoilers, maybe you should turn it off right now. In the movie, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, when Doctor Strange, the one we know, throws the evil Strange outside of the window, he falls onto the fence right after. And it reminds me of a scene in Moon Knight when Mark throws a spirit on the fence. So that's one resemblance. The other is that Dexter Strange put Wanda in the mirror dimension, the one we saw in the first Doctor Strange movie. But she managed to escape with anything with reflection like mirror, water, glass. And again, that reminds me of Moon Knight. If you've seen Moon Knight, you would know that the protagonist has many different identities and how they communicate or switch with each other is through things with reflection. So like mirrors, water, glass, etc. So that's something I actually like about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And another thing is that I think, oh, of course, somebody thinks that this episode doesn't perform well on um, playing with multiverse. But I think it's satisfying. I mean, it's not bad. At least it gives us four versions of Doctor Strange. And we also see Dr. Palmer in the A3A universe. So in that universe, Dr. Palmer is not a physician, but a doctor whose expertise is multiverse itself. So it's very interesting. And through the time travel with America, we had a glimpse of different versions of Dr. Strange in different universes. And we even saw that in one of the universes, they're in pen form. So maybe, just maybe, those forms would appear in MCU movies in the future. So although Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Universe is not one of the best Marvel movies, it's still good to watch. And I'm pretty sure it will stay on chart some more weeks. We probably would talk about Top Gun Maverick next week. But I'm pretty sure we will come back to Doctor Strange sometime. And that's all the time we have for today. Remember to tune in same time next week at Screen Screen. I'm Viola. See you next week.